Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Our Golden 20s podcast, where we talk all about living your best life in your 20s. My name is Sadie, and I'm joined by my best friend co-host, Tegan. Hey. And today, we're talking about all about stepping outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. maybe pushing yourself to reach a new level of awesomeness in your life is that like mm-hmm. cliche if this is people's like first time listening they're like oh god this is a cliche like self-help book button podcast form <laughs> <laughs> i'm picturing like the wall art you know all the like really yeah. tacky like inspirational quotes but that's what we're gonna do today in a less tacky way <laughs> that's what we're talking about yeah well The idea for this episode sort of came to us because I had just read Sarah Pauly's book, which is called Run Towards the Danger. And for those of you who don't know who Sarah Pauly is, she's a Canadian celeb. So if you're American, I feel like it's even less likely you'll know who she is. But she's an actress and a director. She has a film coming out this year called Women Talking that's getting a lot of buzz. And she recently this year released a book of essays called Run Towards the Danger. And it's like a very hyped up and successful book in Canada. I'm not sure if it's reached that like hype level in the US, Mm. but honestly, even yeah, I haven't even heard of it before you mentioned it. So I need to look into it more. Obviously, I know more since you told me about it, but before you mentioned it, I hadn't heard of it. And that's being here in Canada. Yeah, it feels very like, I don't know. I feel like every year there's like one or two books that are like Canadian and they just get like hyped up everywhere. Like I remember this had a huge like subway ad campaign where I saw so many subway ads for it. Mm. And then it's like every year there's like a couple books that Indigo, which is our like major book like store nobles type yeah Yeah. and so every year it's like indigo hypes up like two or three canadian books and this one every single time i've gone onto like the indigo website i see it and really okay yeah and i was like never really that interested in reading it and she was a child star turned director and so i was also i had just read i'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurdy. And so I also was like, do I really need to read another book about like a messed up child star? But my boss actually loaned the book to me and it was a much different vibe. Sarah Pauly is Mm -hmm. much older and has children. And yeah, it was very interesting. And every essay is very different. She has an essay about being a star and an essay about her relationship with Gian Gameshi and the essay that we are going to talk about is the one that the book gets its title from, Run Towards the Danger. And it's all about how she received a concussion because a fire extinguisher fell on her head. And oh my gosh. Yeah, it's kind of a bizarre story, but it's like the making of a great essay, I think. And basically, she had this concussion and it kind of destroyed her life for almost four 
years, she was hired at the time to write the script for Little Women, which we all know, you know, came out and was very well received and that kind of thing. And I love that movie. So as soon as I read that, I was like so hyped. And but she received this concussion and basically she couldn't work at all for almost four years. She couldn't walk her kids to school. She couldn't have lights on. She couldn't have loud noises. And it really dominated her entire life. And she went to sort of like countless doctors and hospitals to try to deal with it. And most of them were kind of giving conflicting advice, but a lot of it was like lay in a dark room. If you get dizzy, you push too far, go back to bed, like avoid loud noises. And so basically she had her entire family altering their lives as well to accommodate her. So her kids knew like we couldn't yell and they never had lights on. They couldn't have the TV up loud at all. So it was basically very difficult to hear. And her whole family just accommodated because they were like, we want her to get better. That's life. And eventually three and a half years later got kind of fed up with the state of her life and was like, I need to be able to work. So she went to a specialist in Pittsburgh who bragged that he was able to cure Sidney Crosby of his concussion, which for Canadians, that's a big deal. And this doctor was kind of very abrasive and different than how the Canadian doctors were sort of treating her. And he was saying, well, what do you do when you get dizzy? And she was like, I, you know, back away, I go back to bed. And he was like, well, how do you ever expect your body to improve if you are babying it. And she was like, well, what do you mean? I don't want to push myself. I don't want to cause any more damage. And he was like, no, you need to run towards the danger. If you have bright lights that are setting off your migraines, that doesn't mean you go to bed because there will always be bright lights. You have to push through and stretch and yeah, kind of push through and run towards the danger and that's the only way you'll see improvements and spoiler alert she did find improvements in her concussion in that way and this kind of was very an interesting sort of like thought to me because I feel like we're in an era where we hear so much about like listen to your body trust your gut trust your instincts Mm -hmm. be gentle with yourself And while that's all true, I also find that it can be easy to almost baby yourself in a way that it's detrimental in the long run. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. And I, like I said, I haven't read this essay, but just from what Tegan's told me about it, I'm like, I need to get this whole book because it definitely sounds so great. And I love like the style of writing where it's more like essays than like, you Mm -hmm. know, a biography or like fictional storyline. But I think that's so interesting. And even us, like, I think, you know, on our podcast, we show up here and we talk about self-care. We talk about taking care of yourself and listening to yourself and whatever. But I do think, you know, we try to remind you guys to set goals and like Mm -hmm. have ambition and like focus on your routine and stuff. So I feel like even if you, and it also, sorry, another thing I was going to say is it can also be easy to fall into taking the easy route You know, even if you're like setting goals or you're trying to push yourself, even if you know you should push yourself, it might be like, 
eh, I just don't feel like it today. And then you just mm-hmm. never do, you know? So I feel like this is such a good reminder and like empowering way to like think about this running towards the danger, especially as, you know, I'm starting to think of, well, what do I want my 2023 to look like? Like, is there a word that's coming to mind for me for like my intentions for the new year? And I don't know, I feel like this is kind of that kick in the butt motivation that I need rather than like slow down, listen to yourself Mm -hmm. and like, it'll come to you. It's like, no, I might need to take a little action to get myself there. And I don't know, showing up for myself rather than just trusting, you know, it'll come to me if I'm just taking it slow and yeah. Yeah. And it's not to say that like pain is good. Like if you're trying to lift up something heavy and it hurts, like don't lift it up. Don't hurt your back because you're just like, well, uh, this is the danger I'm doing it. Or it's like, if you, have a gut feeling oh this guy's doesn't have good vibes don't be like yeah but it's probably just a fluke like you know those aren't the situations yeah. I think we're talking about but it's like if I I think if anyone in the world thought about like if you only worked out when you were at 100% like you had absolutely no pain in your body if you had a great sleep if you are like perfectly fueled the exact time of like you ate the perfect dinner to work out like no one would ever ever work out because the reality of it especially as an adult is like you're never at 100% if I only cleaned my house when I was like I've got the energy I've got the motivation I'm feeling great I would never clean my house. If I only listened to my body, I would be in bed like 80% of the time. All the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and you know, it's even worse for people who suffer from depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And when you are getting those alarm bells in your head saying, this is dangerous, it's easier to stay home. Then sometimes when I hear, listen to your body, it's like, okay. I'll lay in bed. I don't need to clean my house, really. I don't need to work out because I'm I'm too tired. And then yeah. you're not setting yourself up for success, your future self. It can be a detriment, even though in the moment it feels like you're doing the right thing for yourself. Yeah, 100%. When you were talking, it was reminding me of, I think this TikTok sound was going around like, last year sometime like it was a long time ago but it was talking about how you know how do you show up or how do you stay motivated all the time and the the voiceover was saying how you need to show up even when you're not motivated and I think you can change motivated to what you were talking about when you're energized when you're well hydrated you know you need to just keep showing up because that's how you'll start to see significant change in your life and you'll start, you know, becoming the person you want to be or the person you are aspiring to be or working on, you know, becoming is if you just show up anyway. You don't need to wait for all of the factors around you or inside of you even like to be aligned because you could just be waiting forever, you know, yeah. and nothing will change. Yeah. Well, and like if you think of building muscle, building muscle hurts. But sometimes your instinct is as soon as you feel that pain when you're lifting weights, you're like, nope, nope, this is wrong. But it's almost a different 
type of pain. And I find that it can be so easy with the first even like thought of pain is to like back away when it's like sometimes you need to lean into it. Like if you're running further than you've ever run before, it's going to hurt. So do you give up and be like, oh, okay, I'm walking home. That's it. Or do you push yourself a little bit farther to improve knowing that the next time you Mm -hmm. run, it's going to hurt a little less? Yeah. And I think that's it is this is also like, I know I've said this multiple times, but the whole like idea of realizing your greatness, you know, like if you were to just stop at what typically your max and never push yourself Mm -hmm. more, you're just kind of stuck in the whole like good phase, you know, like this is good enough. I ran this far. That's good. But it's like, well, imagine how much like not even how much better, but just like imagine how great you could be if you did push yourself a little bit more. And if it's in running, if it's in work, if it's in literally anything, it's like, do you want to settle for just good or do you want to see how good it can get and like how great you can be? So that's something that, I don't know, really resonates with me, but maybe that's just because I'm kind of an ambitious, like overachiever type, Mm. but I'm like, why would I settle for good? If I have potential to be great. And I think it's always for me, well, being great requires me to do something I haven't done before. It requires me Mm -hmm. to run two kilometers more than I ever have before. It requires me to do this. It requires me Mm -hmm. to do that. And it's like just stepping outside your comfort zone or doing something you've never done can be scary, you know? And it's sort of along the lines of like the whole limiting beliefs we were talking about a few weeks ago. But it's also like, more so just you choosing to stay in the good zone rather than stretching yourself to the stretch goal. And I don't know, I think there's a lot of things that kind of go into it. It could be just like the whole limiting belief side of things, or Mm -hmm. it could be like actual fear. Like, well, what if I do do that? What happens then? You know, what if I don't like what happens then? And it could just hold you back in so many different ways if you don't just show up and go for it regardless of the outcome, you know? Yeah, it is exactly like those limiting beliefs that we've talked about for like, I feel like we've been on this theme for the last couple of months is talking about limiting beliefs, but, and it it doesn't even need to be just physical. Like it's not like you're sitting in a dark room because Mm -hmm. you're scared you'll get dizzy. It could be like, I don't want to go to that party alone because I'll look like a loser. I don't want to go on that date because every date I go on sucks. So what's the point? I don't want to go out because I'm scared. I'll get catch a cold or catch COVID. And it's like those could be limiting beliefs as well. When sometimes if you're looking at your life and want to improve it, it's like sometimes you have to run towards the danger. Sometimes you have to go to that party and risk looking like a weirdo because you showed up alone. Or you have to go on that date and risk the date sucking because the alternative is just being stuck sitting at home in the dark, you know? Yeah. My, one of my like favorite quotes, I just learned it's from Thomas Jefferson, which if it's one of my favorite quotes, I don't know how I didn't know that until right now, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, if you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. And I think that's it, right? If you Mm -hmm. want that boyfriend, you have to go on those dates, even if they're bad sometimes and everything you were just saying. So 
keep that in mind and see if that can help motivate you to show up even when it feels scary too. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to bring up kind of related to pushing yourself outside your limits, sort of pushing through the pain sometimes is the idea of exposure therapy. And exposure therapy is defined as any treatment that encourages the systematic confrontation of feared stimuli, which can be external, like feared objects, activities, situations, or internal, so feared thoughts and physical sensations. The aim of exposure therapy is to reduce the person's fearful reactions to the stimuli. So sometimes to get over your fear of doing something, you just have to embrace the fear and Mm -hmm. do it, which sounds easier than it is. But for like, I think of me as a teenager and I used to be so anxious about the smallest things. Like I used to be anxious about going into a store alone just because Mm -hmm. I was like, I found that socially anxious and there's no logical reason behind it, but it's like, that's something that I would avoid because I'd be like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to say? I was the type of person who'd rehearse what I'd order at like the McDonald's counter over and over in my head because I was nervous about it. Whereas now I go into stores all the time and the only way that I got to that point was just because I had to accept that I didn't want to live my life as a person who wouldn't go into stores because I was scared. And I just did it and I practiced it, which sounds lame, but that's Mm -hmm. kind of the way to look at it. And now it's like something I don't even think about. And that goes for, you know, lots of different things, lots of things if you're scared of, like job interviews. The first job interview you ever do is going to be terrifying. Whereas now I'm at the point where it's like, especially if it's a job where I don't even know if I want it, I'm like chill about it. But it's only because it's like I embrace the fear and I practiced and I've done tons of job Mm -hmm. interviews and I've done good and bad job interviews. And that's why I feel comfortable doing them now. Yeah, that's so funny. I remember my first ever job interview and I remember how awful it was. Like I remember... (laughs) the things that I said. And I was like, no wonder I didn't get the job. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no wonder I didn't get it because I said the most stupid stuff. Like when he asked me, like, tell me about yourself. I remember exactly what I said. And I was like, none of it was even work related. Like, (laughs) like it just, you know, like I just talked about myself, but not in like a work sense. So it's so funny. It's like a little bit of like, one of those thoughts where where you're like just about to fall asleep at night and then you're like thinking of all the stupid yeah. stuff you've said in your life. That's one of them for me. But I think the whole job, like, okay, I did it, you know? And then mm-hmm. I went to a different job interview. Then I went to a different job interview. And now look at me like five, six years into my career post-grad. Like I had to start somewhere and I had to just keep doing it, you know, to eventually get real jobs and like start my career and like all of those experiences, even if they were bad in the moment and haunt me in my sleep (laughs) (laughs) or like, you know, it was like exposure therapy to learn. And like you were saying, kind of get the confidence and like skills that you need to like face the fear. And then you're no longer afraid of it anymore. You know? Yeah. I think another one, when you're talking about the stores, if my sister's listening, she might like hate me for saying this, but she has a fear. My sister's older than me. And she has a fear of like calling the hair salon or calling like to make appointments for herself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And for me, I feel like I worked on the other side taking appointments like as not really a receptionist, but like as an assistant at a hair salon Mm -hmm. through high school. So I was the one like booking appointments and like so many people would like trip over their words and like were so anxious to call to make appointments. But I feel like I had, it was like exposure therapy, but on the other side of it where I was like, I don't know, just had to like do it to no longer be afraid of it. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I used to be scared of phone calls, which is funny because like I have younger brothers and they're like, ew, I hate texting. That's so millennial and gross. Like we only call each other. And I was like, if any of my friends called me out of the blue, like if Sadie just called me, I'd assume like some shit's going down. Whereas like they just call each other all the time. But so I was always like, (laughs) oh my God, what am I going to say? Like rehearsing it until my first like big girl job, I was an assistant and I'd have to make like multiple calls a day. And it was like, well, are you going to be scared and not do it and get fired? Or are you just going to like do it? And I did it. And now I'm not scared. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, yeah, I sounded like an idiot sometimes, but by the end of my time there, I could make a phone call yeah. with no problem. And now the amount of times where I make a phone call and I can hear the other person on the line, like make a stupid mistake. And it's like, this is what mm-hmm. I was scared of that I would sound stupid in front of this random person. And like, I don't know, the stakes are so low, but it is a big deal yeah. when you're younger. Totally. Yeah. And I think like just a minute ago, you also brought up the whole, idea of like anxiety and Mm -hmm. in your example you talked about like your social anxiety but I feel like especially over the pandemic my anxiety is so bad about the most random things and it's often going out and doing something new Mm -hmm. and I think that's common regardless but I'm just so used to being home now you know where my anxiety just feels so much bigger but you guys have heard me come on the podcast like every single month with my monthly goals. And I was talking about how I wanted to go to the new yoga studio across the road for me. Mm -hmm. And like, it was like a huge goal of mine for the whole year. And when I actually signed up for a class, I was so anxious about it because it was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to a class I've never been to before. Like, I don't know if the instructor will be good. I haven't been to the yoga studio for two years. Like I had this whole narrative in my head telling me like, danger, danger. Like you're not gonna be able to keep up. The class will be too hard. It, I also have really bad, like, I don't know what the word would be. I want to say, like, it's anxiety over going somewhere and just, like, getting there. So yeah. it was also, like, I've never been inside the studio before, so I don't know how to find the studio. And it's, like, in this kind of, like, plaza. So I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to leave really early because I have no idea where I'm going. When I get there, I don't know if I'm supposed, like, how to sign in. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was literally just, like, spiraling and I was so scared to go. But I was, like, no, I just have to go because I've been talking about this forever. At the time, it was, like, October. And I'm, like, I'm yeah. running out of months to accomplish this task. And I know when I do it, it won't be that bad. You know, it's, like, yeah. Calling the hairdresser, making those appointments. It's not that bad. And the best part is it's only scary the first time. And this is mm-hmm. something I tell myself all the time is like when I went the second time, I was so excited to go to yoga because I knew where I was going, where the change room was, you know, like who the instructor was like, I knew it all. So it was only scary the first time. 
And I feel like, I don't know, if I were to just give in or if we were all to just like give in and stay within our comfort zone, like we've said so many times now, like you wouldn't ever experience anything new, but it's like, how sad is that? You know, how Mm -hmm. sad would it have been if I just caved into my anxiety and never went to that yoga studio when now that's like the highlight of my week every single week? I don't know. Sorry. That was like a long-winded rant, but a like very specific example (laughs) that I had to share. Yeah. Well, I think like it's, I still get nervous for lots of things. Like I don't want to be like, I beat my anxiety because I made calls or whatever. Like, it's like, I still get nervous about things, but I think about it as far as like the reward outweighs the risk or it's like, what are my options? My options are I stay at home and I think about, well, what if I did that? Or I go yeah. out and maybe I make a fool of myself, but who cares? Like I, a couple yeah. weeks ago, I went to a bar by myself and that's something I like, feel like I never would have done. Right. But then yeah. I was thinking like, so what's the alternative? I walk around by myself or I go and sit in this bar by myself where like no one's even going to notice. Or yeah. I just took an aerial yoga class for the first time and I took it through ClassPass, which when I first started using ClassPass in like 2018 or 2019, I used to get nervous every time I'd go to a new studio because of all the reasons you said, like, how do I sign in? What if there's not a space for me? What if I don't know how they set up the room? But, you know, am I just never going to do yoga? No. Mm -hmm. And it was the same with this aerial yoga class. And I was going in and interestingly enough, I told people about it and they were all kind of like, telling me I shouldn't go and like I had multiple Mm. people who were like that sounds dangerous or like have you ever done that before are you sure you can even do it which kind of almost motivated me more because I was like I've been doing yoga for like over 10 years so Mm. like this is just another type of yoga so shut up and I did it and it was very like chill And I looked ridiculous. The instructor had to help me personally many times, but I was kind of just like (laughs) living for it and laughing. And then like she was laughing too. And it was just like so much fun. And now I'm like the type of person who can be like, yeah, I've done aerial yoga. I've been in the silks. And, but it's like, if I had listened to any of those people (laughs) or if I had listened to my brain that was saying like, yeah, you're going to look stupid. You've never done this before. Like, then I would have never had that, like, ridiculous, fun experience. Yeah, definitely. And in a way, in a less, like, intense way, I feel people telling you, you shouldn't do that. Or, like, are you sure? Or, like, trying to make you, like, shy away from the danger is kind of, like, Sarah Pauly's, like, advice being, like, no, you know, Mm -hmm. like, stay in the safe zone. It's just best for you if you stay in the safe zone. Mm -hmm. And it's, like... Why? Like, why do people in this case, it's like a doctor telling her this and it's like, okay, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm not telling people (laughs) push yourself or whatever. I'm not qualified to do that. But like, in this case, it's like, why do people even care? You know, it's like, it's up to you. They should be like, I don't know, supporting you and encouraging you. And I don't know. Yeah, it's just funny to me. I know. Well, the only thing I can think of is that they're coming from it like from their own perspective, whereas I guess they could yeah. never picture themselves. They wouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same. Like, I'm sure when you were like, I'm 
going to travel solo, you probably heard from people being like, are you sure it's safe? Oh, yeah. Are you sure you want to do it? Yeah. And it's like, it's because they can't picture themselves doing it. But once you decide to do it, whatever it is, just like do it. Who cares what people say? Yeah. I love that. And I think the whole idea of it being rewarding is why it, like you said, why it's worth taking that risk or why it's worth feeling uncomfortable or stepping outside Mm -hmm. of your comfort zone. And I think it can also help you like feel purpose. It can help you, you know, if you're doing something and there's a level of challenge to it, the reward is higher and then you feel more fulfilled by it. You know, you feel accomplished and you feel like satisfied. And I feel like all of those things just positively contribute to your overall quality of life, your overall like Mm -hmm. contentment with your life. And if you just kind of float through doing the exact same things all the time, not challenging yourself, not striving for more, like you just kind of start to feel blessed you know, and Mm -hmm. like you start to feel like, well, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something else. And it's like, yeah, if you lean into that challenge, push yourself, you'll get there, you know, you'll find it. You'll feel better about it. I don't know. Yeah. Does anyone listening slash you, Sadie, remember that episode of SpongeBob where Squidward is like fed (laughs) up? (laughs) Okay. I love SpongeBob. I'm the wrong audience. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure, although I hope the people listening aren't too young, but there's basically an episode of SpongeBob where Squidward gets like annoyed that he lives beside SpongeBob and Patrick because they're so ridiculous and over the top and immature and he's into like high art and that kind of thing. And he decides to like move to a city where it's all squids And they all just, like, appreciate fine art. There's no annoying neighbors or anything. And every day is, like, organized and simple. Nothing's crazy and the same. And eventually, he hates it and gets so sort of, like, bored of it that he ends up missing SpongeBob because he's like, I thought this was what I wanted. I thought I wanted, like, a simple life where everything was chill and the same. But he's like, I like having the different things and I don't know having Mm. a different experience every day and he ends up leaving and yeah so if anyone caught that Spongebob reference I love that yeah yeah we love that I feel this is actually (laughs) the first time in our golden 20s history where we've had a Spongebob reference and I think people are really going to appreciate that (laughs) Yeah. That's good I like the takeaway and even if I wasn't a Spongebob watcher I appreciate that story so much. I think that's that's it exactly. So I think we've already talked about, you know, some of these times when you should really lean into the danger, run towards the danger, and, like, really embrace something new, even if it's hard. But we have some, like, other examples to maybe, like, light the fire under you guys. And the first one really hits home for me. I think it would for anybody actually, but a great time to, you know, face something new, step outside your comfort zone is when you're heading to post-secondary school. If it's college, if it's university, especially if you're like leaving your hometown, going to a whole new city, 
and, Mm -hmm. you know, basically packing up, starting your life over somewhere. Like that's extremely hard. Like I remember how scared I was and like I cried forever when my parents dropped me off and left and it was like, okay, you're on your own. Good luck. Like, you don't know, this is a whole new place, whole, like whole new group of people. Like you have no idea what to expect, but it's like, you have to do that. You know, you have to take those leaps and like whatnot, because my life would be 1000% different had I not moved to Toronto for college, you know? Yeah. I think another good example of when it's a good time to step outside your comfort zone can be starting a new job. I find, especially if you already have a job that you're like, this is fine. They're paying me. It can be hard to be like, no, like step out of your comfort zone. The amount of times like I do this where it's like, well, I'd have to, you know, meet a whole new group of people. I don't know if I want to do that. It could be virtual. That might not be awesome. But then it's like, I don't know. Think of the reward versus the risk again. Or same with if you've always wanted to start your own business. I'm Like, it's so easy to be like, yeah, well, I'm making good money. It's not my passion, but who cares when it's like, no, this is the prime time. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think along the same lines of the work front is networking. Like Mm -hmm. to me, networking is very uncomfortable. Like talking to somebody I don't know and like asking for advice or like wanting to reach out to people for like a coffee chat or anything like that. Even if it's showing up at a networking event, Mm -hmm. that's very uncomfortable to me. But again, I think it's similar to what you were just saying, where like, you never know what opportunities that could open up for you. And it's definitely a high reward if you put yourself in that position. Yeah. Same with, we've already mentioned this, but going on a date with a new person, that's, you know, it's so easy to be like, guys suck or girls suck. Every date I go on is trash. So what's the point? It's like, but how do you expect to meet the one or your person if you just never go on dates like that's just not gonna happen yeah Yeah, definitely this one I think goes back to your example is doing something solo for the first time so if it's Mm -hmm. going to a bar by yourself for the first time for me it was traveling on my own for the first time like in both of those cases I think we were both nervous to do something Mm -hmm. on our own for the first time but it was so rewarding. And then once we did it, it was like, that wasn't that big of a deal. You know, I think even it could be going to a fitness class on your own, like talking about my yoga anxiety or your aerial yoga experience. Like maybe I'd be less anxious doing that with somebody, but it's so, I don't know, fulfilling again to, and rewarding again to do it on your own and just show up for yourself. Yeah, even I find doing something, even if it's not completely solo, but doing something with like the people that you don't normally do it with. Like I remember the first time I traveled without my family and I was still traveling with a friend or traveling with my husband and it was still like, wait, how does this work? Like my mom's not here to hold my passport. What's the deal? (laughs) And... Or it's like if you always do a workout class with the same friend, it can still be kind of scary to try and branch out and like, okay, I'm going to work out with a different friend or I'm going to bring a friend to this class who's never done this before. So 
even if you're like, I'm not at the level to be like traveling by myself, but even traveling like without your mom and dad, or if you are in a relationship, it's like, I only ever go out dancing with my boyfriend, then doing it like with a friend or doing it by yourself, even that can be stressful, but I feel like is worth going out of your comfort zone. Totally. I love this. I needed to hear this. Like I'm so... (laughs) I like to challenge myself, but at the same time, like, especially something I've never done or something like that, like, if I try something for the first time and I'm not good at it, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Like, and that's such a bad way to be because then I'm, like, limiting myself to this, like, a very small life or not even a small life, but, like, a very specific yeah. I don't know. I'm just limiting myself. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, you need to step outside of your comfort zone. You need to embrace the challenge, embrace looking silly, not being perfect, embrace, you know, everything. I don't know. I'm just feeling inspired yeah. after this chat. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, let me tell you my aerial yoga class. I was definitely not good at it I won't say I was bad at it but I was not good at it like she had to stop the class multiple times I got to the point where she was like I don't know your name could you just tell me your name and then I had to like yell my name in the class so that she could like know how to address me personally because I was like I don't know how to use these silks and yet I still had fun and now I feel like every time I do it I'm gonna be better because Exactly. It's like she helped me and she taught me, okay, here's how you're supposed to like sit on the silks and whatever. And it goes the same for like everything. Like if you always wanted to do like stand up comedy or something, I don't know why I'm thinking of that, but it's like, are you going to live your whole life? I've never done that. Or if you've always wanted to be, you know, an actor, are you never going to audition for a play? You've always wanted to start a podcast. Are you never going to do it because you're scared that your friends are going to listen, make fun of you? Like, Sometimes you just have to be like, yeah, that's a reality. Maybe my friends are going to make fun of me. Maybe it is scary. Maybe I'm going to sound stupid, but it's what I want to do. And I'm going to run towards the danger and do it. Totally. Yep. I love that so much. Yeah. I think that's everything we had to say about all of this. Yeah, I think anyone listening should definitely check out Sarah Pauly's book. I highly recommend it. It's very short. Like, it's only, like, six essays, but it was a very good read, very insightful. And check out some of our previous episodes, especially if you want to hear more about limiting beliefs, because we talk about that quite a lot the last couple of months we do put out a new episode every single Tuesday so make sure you're subscribed and following us so that you see when those new episodes drop in between that you can follow us on social we are at our golden 20s on almost every single platform and I think that's it so thanks for listening see you next Tuesday